Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Patreon episode from me and Natalie from Rock Hard Caucus. Hey. That was pretty good, right? That was so good. You did such a good job. You're so good at this. So, so um, we thought that we would do an episode about LuLaRoe because we have been talking about it constantly and have been thinking about it constantly <laughs> since we watched the documentary that came out, Lula Rich. And um, there's just so much more to it than what is in the documentary, even though the documentary was really good. I really enjoyed it. Um, I loved it. It was crazy. Like, there's just, you know, just the fact that I was able to learn about um, Sam Schultz, the weed farm nephew, (laughs) is just like... Five stars, two thumbs up from me. You know, you can't put a price on that. Um, so maybe we can start by, for anybody who hasn't seen the documentary, who doesn't know of LuLaRoe, just kind of describing what LuLaRoe is and how maybe each of us were exposed to it originally. Absolutely. I mean, it's it's a multi-level market. It's a pyramid scheme. Or it's not legally a pyramid scheme, but it's a multi-level marketing um, scheme where they basically make these women pay tons of money to get this randomly selected product that they have no say in. Most of the women end up losing all their money. They sell mostly through like Facebook Lives. Um, at least when I was exposed to it, it was just all on Facebook. I don't know if any of them have like their own websites now. Have you ever seen anything like that? I haven't seen anything like that. I've only seen people on Facebook Live or the one thing I have, I got in person. Yeah, it's it's very weird. Like, I remember when I first heard of LuLaRoe, I was at a Nordstrom Rack and I was just kind of shopping and I saw this woman in, like, maybe, like, the only cute leggings that LuLaRoe actually produces, <laughs> which were, like, these... <laughs> It was, like, a a little, like, pixelated wolf print, which, honestly, in retrospect, I looked at it again, and they weren't that cute, but I, like, complimented her on them, and I was like, oh, where did you get those? And she was like, check out this boutique on Facebook, and I was like, oh, okay, what does that even mean? Like, I had never even heard of retail via Facebook, which, in retrospect, it does make sense, because I did have a lot of friends from high school that would sell on their personal pages, but this whole concept of, like, the VIP Facebook boutique was new to me which is how most of them operate and oh, so i yeah, joined a million I get, groups i've gotten ad- added to so many like so-and-so's po- online party right <laughs> and it's uh, it's not a party they're just there's selling no, you it's nothing yeah. about it there's no, <laughs> no there's no friends there's no drinks nothing about that is a party <laughs> no it's it's a nightmare and like the really <laughs> funny thing is i ended up joining a bunch of these groups because every time i find a weird online thing like i really can't stop myself from just like completely jumping into it obsessively oh yeah absolutely. and i joined yeah i joined like a hundred groups easily yes absolutely i'm in a bunch of so like back then this must have been i guess probably which according to the documentary i think they said 2016 was the year they made 60 million and i think 2016 was probably when i discovered those groups and like basically you would like be in there and they would either go live on a video or they would start making posts when they got their new leggings in and it was literally just like people like you know in a frenzy to be the first to say sold at these like (laughs) at like the most hideous leggings that you've ever 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 seen Um, you cannot emphasize how ugly this shit is no you you really can't and and the thing is i think i think part of it part of the way that they create that demand is that people get so hooked on the idea of finding like their unicorn leggings which is like one of the five prints that are like actually kind of nice that then they just like want (laughs) to settle 
they want to settle for whatever else they can get because you can never get one of the good prints because they only make um, 3,000 of each print. That's part of their business model. And like they say in the documentary, too, they have these graphic designers each making 100 designs a day, which, which is, is like crazy. I can't even like process how many designs that is. If they have like dozens of graphic designers making a hundred every single day, like of course they're ugly. Like what? What the fuck else is supposed to be? And of course they're all plagiarized. Because what are you supposed to do? Yeah. What What are you supposed to do if your boss tells you you need to produce a hundred designs today, and also you haven't been wearing enough Lululemon leggings this week, <laughs> and we're watching you? <laughs> you're, you know, in, you're in just the documentary. The like. The um, Deanne, the owner, like comes around and judges how much Lululemon you're wearing. <laughs> it's so good. There was the one woman I forget her name, but she said that she got a promotion. She bought and like they, Chanel. <laughs> yeah, and they told her like, "Oh, we're still going to promote you anyway, even though you ha- you're not wearing Lululemon leggings. Like, don't worry." <laughs> <laughs> Which like. I don't know. It is. It's like a very, and I don't. I don't want to get like too. Like, look what I'm. I'm wearing a 22 year old Johnny the Homicidal Maniac T-shirt right now. So I'm not like a fashion guru, but I mean, it is like just the aesthetics of it. It is very like interesting because it's just so chaotic, right? <laughs> so chaotic. <laughs> and again, that's because they have to produce so many designs in a day. You end up with like cats and hot dogs over like a polka dot background. <laughs> And you'll have that, like, on a dress, and then the pants will just be, like, leopard print with, like, lightning bolts on, and they'll wear these things together. Yep, because you have to make a whole outfit, but LuLaRoe doesn't make anything normal. So, like, (laughs) you have to put together, like, these absolutely insane patterns. Did you see the one that was a platypus and a pie? (laughs) (laughs) I did not see that one. Like, now now that we're talking about it, I remember, like, in the groups when there was, like, a solid color legging or, like, anything that was, like, slightly close to a solid color, you would just see people post underneath the leggings, like, sold, and then, like, 30 people saying next. Because, like, they wanted <laughs> they wanted the normal <laughs> leggings. Like, Everyone they're like, I have to... <laughs> like, it's... I don't even know. Like you, you just have to. We'll, we'll find like a really hideous picture and we'll make that the episode art. If you haven't seen them, or you can like you know Google it, and there's a million. There's <laughs> really funny Facebook groups of like Lululemon fail and stuff, which is like, or like there are so, like the taco on the vagina. Yeah, there are so <laughs> many designs. Like they're so ill thought out because they have to crank out so many every day that there are like an unbelievable number of like vaginal or phallic print that end up oh. or it'll be like someone's hands coming out like for the whole right that was like a zombie <laughs> one right yeah hey, it's you know what Th- those are unironically really good though those are really good i would buy those um but yeah you know i don't even know what else i was gonna say about it i'm just picturing all the like hot dog leggings with like the hot dog on the China. Um, you know, something something else that's kind of stressed in the documentary, or if it's not said directly, it's said through like the narratives of all the people that worked in the company. Like nobody there knew what they were doing to build up this company (laughs) at all. Like kids. (laughs) Right. And so like the one thing that really struck me was um the compensation plan for this multi-million dollar company was run by one of their sons who quote knew Excel really well. (laughs) 
They literally <laughs> ran it on an Excel sheet. I think it was um, the support guy who ended the documentary on a Star Trek quote, which was great. He said that it would be like people would just be in the spreadsheet at the same time. So stuff would be changing because there was a lag. I think they might have been using like Google Sheets or whatever. It was like a yeah, shared spreadsheet <laughs> for everything, like for compensation, for inventory management, everything through Excel, like through to the point where they were making tens of millions of dollars a year, which is just like, honestly, it's incredible that they've been they were this as, successful. As successful as they are. <laughs> like, they like, it's, no, go ahead. They, so the founders of the company have 14 kids and they just have like piles of fail sons and fail daughters. That two they of put, them are married to each <laughs> other, by the way. Two of them married each other, first of all. And they were like, it's really great. Like, we're, <laughs> like, it actually turned out awesome. You know, you wouldn't think it was okay, but it's a lot more convenient that our kids are married. <laughs> it's so normal. It's <laughs> They're so just normal. like, it's so normal. <laughs> <laughs> so they have, like, all these kids and all of the kids are involved. And every executive position is filled by a fail son or a fail daughter who has absolutely no no idea what they're doing none none <laughs> like the accountant guy just like knows excel and the events guy is the greatest character of all sam schultz we love him <laughs> we love him <laughs> um i think i think he's he's the one that says like right at the beginning of the documentary like i should not <laughs> i had no fucking idea what i was doing <laughs> But yeah, he's, I think he's my favorite character and I don't want to get too off track talking about him because I could talk about him for a very long time. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's really striking. I also really liked the, um, the son, Jordan Brady, who was basically on those Zoom meetings being like, look, so we are a pyramid scheme. (laughs) He couldn't stop saying the word pyramid scheme. He just, he said it like, it felt like he said it a thousand times. Like if if I was their lawyer and I was watching that, I would just be like internally dying because he's just on all these internal videos being like we're a pyramid scheme right now but we're gonna change that (laughs) it was like here's what we can do to make this less of a pyramid scheme i cannot (laughs) emphasize enough right now that what we are running is a pyramid scheme but we're gonna do some stuff to make ourselves less of a pyramid scheme which is what we are we're shaped like a pyramid and we're a scheme (laughs) it's just like and it was it was I felt kind of bad for him because he looks like he's like 21 yeah, or something like right and then he's in the deposition and I think he was wearing like a floral blazer or something <laughs> in the deposition and they're just asking him questions and he's just like yeah I didn't know what that meant man I did not know I don't know where I heard that I don't know what a pyramid scheme is and I believe him that he has no fucking idea um, but this also then kind of goes back to what we were talking about a little bit before the show that like the whole family has just been roped into doing their own pyramid scheme maybe none of them know what pyramid schemes are and that's why they keep doing them <laughs> yeah like deanne's it's deanne's twin has like piffany which then like Deanne, sam schultz is also twin's name is diane first of all <laughs> that is you know that's a little weird but what can you do <laughs> what can you do there are only so many names for people <laughs> yeah. Uh, what were the other ones that you found? Um, Agnes um, and Dora the, is yeah, one the, that I had heard of. The niece started Agnes and Dora. The daughter started Dot to Dot, which is a children's com- like clothing company. And then one of the sons started something. So everyone is just, there are like four or five pyramid schemes coming out of the same, I'm sorry, multi-level marketing schemes coming out of the I'm same so family. Sorry. 
<laughs> Please don't sue us for calling it a pyramid scheme, even though it is a pyramid scheme. The, the law should be changed if it, this is not technically a pyramid scheme. I know, it's it totally ridiculous. Is. But yeah, they just have all their kids doing this stuff. You know, some people teach their kids to ride a bike. These people teach their kids to do MLMs. It's fine. <laughs> it's normal. Uh, I mean, it's normal in their family, for sure. Um, and the other thing was, like, they've built up this, like, mythology around themselves, right? Where they really believe this is all because they deserve it. And it reminded me kind of of, like, the evangelical, like, prosperity gospel stuff. Totally. Because they say multiple times that it's, like, a meritocracy and, um, you know, there's no upper limit. It's just, like, the work that you put in. Um, there was this quote from Mark where he said, uh, we believe in self-reliance and that the universe is ultimately fair. Like... While they're literally just scamming, like, tens of thousands of women <laughs> out of money. Like, they really believe. And they're, the room that they're in, too, and the room that all the people are in that are interviewed, and when they're in the Zoom meetings, they all have that, like, very specific aesthetic, which is, like, you know, Mormons shopping at Target and then, like, throwing glitter over the furniture. Totally. <laughs> totally. It's which, so again, Mormon. It is so Mormon. It's, like, cannot be emphasized enough. I was surprised that they didn't get more to that in the documentary because i feel like that's like a really really big aspect of it i don't know i'm not that's an expert a, on that's a huge multi-level marketing is a huge mormon thing in general like the multi-level marketing capital of the world is in utah um it just it's a i didn't know that yeah so it's it's very very like just very tied to mormonism in particular for the reasons we're going to talk about in that they like prey on moms and especially moms with lots of kids who like you know need to bring in some kind of income but can't necessarily leave their home and they you know want to feel like they're contributing and socializing and it like perfectly fits into the like um prosperity shit so it's like yeah, yeah. it's a huge thing with mormons the um one of the very top sellers is mary from sister wives which is crazy, but she's... Oh my God, you told me that and yeah, I totally forgot. That's yes. so crazy. If you've ever watched that show, that's what all LuLuRoe outfits look like. Just everything that they wear. And like, they design them all to be like really like quote unquote modest. So they have like really ugly right. long sleeves and they're like ill-fitting. <laughs> they're so bad. Like, I'm going to be totally honest. I bought a dress when I joined all those groups, I was like, this is a cute dress or whatever. And then when I got it and I put it on, I'm like a bigger girl. And when I like looked in the mirror, I was like, I can never leave the house <laughs> wearing this. Like, this is a nightmare. Like, I'm covered from like my neck to my shins. And I look like a little, I, like I looked like I was in a little sausage casing, even though it was like modest. <laughs> Is it's all made out of like that really, and I think this is like um like a price thing, right? Like they use like very like shitty thin material. It's so like, unforgiving. There's, <laughs> there's a lot. There's a lot about like just like holes developing and the fabrics and stuff. So it's just like the thinnest possible like stretchy fabric that you just you cannot wear it if you just don't just don't you just can't wear it. Um, but. If you want to get into talking about, like, the women that they prey on, I thought we could start with a quote from Mark that I pulled from the documentary. Absolutely. So, and this was, like, one of the most evil things that really stood out to me while I was watching it. Um, it's a little bit long. I'll just read it off. It says, if you want to create incredible wealth, identify an underutilized resource. 
And you know what? There is an underutilized resource of stay-at-home moms, and they have chosen to be a mother. And if you make that choice, you pay a price career-wise in our country right now. We have a lot of people of faith that have been attracted to this business. We have an army of women that are smart, beautiful, funny, educated, and want to do things. And we want to give them a chance to do that. Here's a place that is a pure meritocracy. Show up and do it. And I think that's like really evil on a lot of levels, right? First of all, he just immediately that's refers so to them evil. as a resource. He's talking about a resource for him to make money for himself and his family. That's it at the end of the day. <laughs> and, and then on another level, he's positioning himself as like a savior for these women. And that's how a lot of people who run these MLMs feel. And at the same time, he's presenting it again, like I said, like we were talking about a minute ago, as a meritocracy. Deanne said something similar where she was like, you know, some women took that box of leggings and turned it into a million dollars. Some women were afraid of the box and they didn't make any money off of it. Like, if you fail at this, it is your fault, right? It's not the um, fugly, thin ass leggings. <laughs> that no right. luck, right? It's about how many people are you willing to sucker in to do this with you, which is the main way that you make money doing it. It's about putting tons of money and so much fucking time and effort into it on the off chance that you'll get some leggings that are not hideous, that aren't wet. <laughs> and that's not a joke. People would just get wet leggings in the mail that aren't full of holes. You know, you have to hope for that and then hope that you sell enough items to even try to make your money back, which most people don't, right? Absolutely. And like, one thing that's striking to me about multi-level marketing is even if you, so 99.6% of people who are in any of these games um, lose money. So it's es- essentially <sighs> no so one makes many. any money. I know, I right. know. I have some numbers in a bit that are just horrific, but that always, any time there's a claim of a profit, it assumes that women's time is worth nothing. Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. it's like, you know, you make so much money, but in order for that to be the case, you have to assume that all this time that women have piled into it is free. Like if you, you know, if you're also counting the wage someone would have made for 20 to 40 hours a week doing Facebook lives and like promotion and pictures and texts, then, you know, it's, it just, it assumes your time is free. It doesn't include that in any of the, and that's just like so sick to me. Not to mention like most of the women in the documentary and most of the women in general are moms with like multiple kids. Like some of the women in the documentary have like six kids and like, that's all right. Like that's so much work if you're a stay at home mom to like six kids. And it's just like, that's not even a factor. At one point I remember Deanne said like, you know, get yourself a life assistant, get yourself a nanny (laughs) to do the stuff that doesn't make you money. Have your life assistant do it. Like who the fuck has a life assistant that's doing LuLaRoe? You know what I mean? Like all these women are like losing money mostly. So like, it's just so out of touch with the reality of these women's lives completely. And like they're selling it as a way you can stay with your kids. And then so many right. women end up getting pulled away from their kids much more than they would be if they just had a part time job. So it's like, it's like you're taking these women who just want to spend time with their children. And in America, you can no longer make it on one income. And that's what they're mm-hmm. taking advantage of is people yep. who want to be with their children and they're tearing them away from their children. It's yeah, fucking absolutely. sick. There was there was one part because they do all these like insane parties and conferences. Um, and I remember I think it might have been Courtney Harwood that said that she was at one of these and she was like, 
I really just want to be with my family right now. Because they would just, like, take them away for, like, days on end to go to these, like, cult-like workshops where they talk about mm-hmm. Deanne's mom's book about, like, the feminine mystery. What the fuck <laughs> is the name of the book? <laughs> I forgot I wanted to read that. I'm going to find it. I, I spent, like, two hours trying to find a used copy of Deanne's mom's book, which is, like, the mysterious power of femininity or something. I'm sure I have that wrong. Please don't yell at me about it. But it is one of those, like, trad wife books about like being a good wife and they would also like use this to like you know try to indoctrinate these women into this like weird mindset i think one of the things they said in the documentary that was that deanne told them to like suck their husband's dicks yep they (laughs) they said like five minutes a day on your knees will keep your marriage healthy there there is like so much bizarre misogyny in LuLaRoe. It's like just out of nowhere. It's insane. Because like all MLMs take advantage of women. That's like what they're based on. But they are just particularly deranged. Like they have this whole thing called where they're encouraging you to retire your husband, Mm -hmm. which is like the idea that you would make enough money at your quote unquote business that your husband didn't have to work anymore and would then go and take over your business for you. That was the idea like that he would ultimately be the one that is back to being the head of the family. And the the whole thing was that is trying to get everyone's eggs in the little row basket. Like if it's your entire family income, then you are just like extra sucked in. You're trapped. You're absolutely trapped. What can you do? Like I remember there was the couple who I think made like a shit ton of money off of this. They're like that 0.4% that made a lot of money. They expressed like multiple instances of just like anxiety that this would be cut off from them if they got on Deanne's bad side, which is what like everybody expressed. She's just like so like in everybody's lives and in everybody's business trying to like interfere with their marriage, you know, make sure they're wearing the right clothes, having them have fucking weight loss surgery. That was like I had no fucking idea about that until we watched <laughs> the documentary. It's absolutely insane. I you know, for anybody that hasn't watched the documentary, she would encourage these women to go to, it was Mexico, right? Mm-hmm. Tijuana. To go to Tijuana to get uh, weight loss surgery because she wanted to be surrounded by people that would look good in pictures wearing LuLaRoe. That's it. Yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> I've um, been watching a lot of cult shit lately because I love cult shit. And mm-hmm. it's really striking to me just how similar the tactics of an MLM are to the tactics mm-hmm. of a cult. Like, and one of them is always like weird food stuff and weight loss. Because yeah. if, if people are obsessed with their bodies and they're starving and they're like, you know, those things can keep people exhausted and like sucked in to your cult like it's it's a big thing that people do and it's taking up all your time um and it's targeting you know your family it's all these things that just turn it into this and it's like you're going out and you're targeting your social relationships and your community and your family is correctly reacting by being like, we're not really sure that you're doing something so great here. You're losing time with us. And then that draws them deeper into the community because they're like, my family doesn't understand. They just like don't, they don't work hard enough. They don't get it. And so then that like drives you deeper into it. Like you're, it's more and more cultish. And like there, there was even, that just reminded me, there was the one woman, I think her name was Katie Mae Mooney. I might have that wrong. Um, I have a very bad memory, but she, um, she had like the whole presentation at one of the conferences. Um, I just found it in my notes. It was Katie Mae Mooney. Uh, (laughs) That 
she had like the whole speech at a conference of like escape the drama triangle and escape the victim mindset use that delete button like just cut off people from your life that are giving you bad vibes about (laughs) basically which like you know i hadn't thought of it in this context until you mentioned it but we've also been watching that nexium docuseries i think you finished it like that's really not dissimilar from how the people in nexium described their experience especially that like being tired and being kept working all the time like being told like you need to hustle harder sleeping like just a few hours you know tracking like what they're eating like what their body looks like all that shit like it is just literally pure cult shit like that's all it is and like you know making people look the same like it's just it's there's so many like cult cult tactics that are the same in mlms because like you know if you like cults usually preach like you are not a victim like you Mm -hmm. are in control of your own life as a way to like victimize people and that's the thing that they're they're really into too and then you end up having everyone in your life surrounding you being part of the cult too because you're driving away your family because it's really off-putting to your family and friends to be hit up all the time to buy your fugly ass leggings i'm like (laughs) (laughs) i've had that yes i've had that within my own life like people in my family who are selling like nail strips are like like whatever oh and my just god like, the fucking nail strips my god my, my ex-sister-in-law did that and i my remember i asked that. <laughs> <laughs> and she would message me it was color straight nails and she would message me so often and like i would i ignored it the first couple times because i was like i don't yeah. wanna, like embarrass her by being like right um but but then i finally was like you shouldn't do this you won't make any right. money um and she um, she was like, I'm just trying to do this so I can stay home with my kids. Like you contributing right. this would help me be able to stay home with your nieces and nephews. That's what and they like, tell them to say. That's no. so dark, Natalie. That's so dark. I'm not buying nail strips so you can stay home. I'll just give you money. Just ask for money. Yeah. Like, just you like, know what? It's it's better. It's less off-putting if you just say like, I need help. Right. And it's yeah. <laughs> like I feel when I, when I got exposed to the nail strips is because I was at my ex-sister-in-law's house and I she her nails looked really cute and I was like oh like what's up with with your nails like did you just get them done she's like oh I use these nail strips it's really easy do you want me to try it on you and I was like okay and she did it and then like as she's doing it she starts telling me about the MLM and I was like oh my god I'm trapped right now (laughs) um and it I never like confronted her I was just like oh okay yeah no that sounds good I'll definitely like check it out later but I have <laughs> it just reminded me I have talked to one of my friends from high school was doing it works which I'm sure you're familiar with oh, from the Facebook saran as wraps. well oh my god the saran wrap plus you guys now they do like keto keto coffee yeah they did an episode on it um I and, I, I did, like, I told my friend from high school who, like, messaged me asking it, because I, like, accidentally liked one of her posts. She was like, do you want a sample of this, like, fat-burning coffee or whatever? And I was like, <laughs> no, and also, this is, like, a multi-level marketing scheme. Like, this is, like, a pyramid scheme. And she was like, oh, no, it's not, but I totally understand why you feel that way. Whatever. Have a nice day. Like, she was just, like, so positive about it. And it is just this, like, I don't know. It's like a toxic positivity that they teach these people to take on to where like, this is good no matter what anybody says. I'm not going to get mad at anybody for even saying it's bad because it's whatever. I just won't talk to that person ever again. And she has never messaged me again. (laughs) (laughs) Nixium has a a module that's like why we're not a cult. Like they literally teach you. (laughs) 
Oh no! So they do the same thing with MLMs, like how to how to tell people it's not a pyramid scheme. And I, and I remember, like, it works especially is just like so transparently like a cult. I remember when they were doing the <laughs> it works episode. I talked to Shane about this thing I had come across, which was like it was like somebody got a number of sales or something, and it was like a lady and her daughter, and they did like a whole ritual with like robes on and stuff. <laughs> to like commemorate this and be like thankful to the leaders of the MLM and it was like okay this is a little like how do you you know I'm not gonna say how do you not realize it's a cult because obviously you could say that about anybody being in a cult and lots of people are victimized but it is just like it's so blatant yeah it's like come on come on at this point like I can see like like my mom did a couple of these like yeah. 20 years ago I can see, like, kind of earlier, but it's, like, or, like, early on in Facebook, but now it's, like, don't, sure. haven't you seen all this shit? How do you not know not to do this? When I was a kid, the big thing was, like, Mary Kay and Avon mm-hmm. and, like, the Tupperware party stuff. And there was, like, not really, I don't think there was, like, any awareness of what this stuff was, I think. Since it was, like, before the ubiquity of the internet, people just, like, didn't know. And they genuinely thought, like, I'm going to go to my friend's house and look at some Tupperware and it's going to be totally normal. (laughs) (laughs) Online shopping wasn't a thing yet, you know? It was like, yeah, this seems like a normal way to buy things. And now they have, like, the sex toy woods and everything. Oh, my God. It's so creepy. It's it's too much. I got invited to one of those. Did you go? No. I would go just to like be nosy and see what it's like. The idea, the idea of somebody like approaching me with a dildo with like a high pressure sales tactic and like asking me to like join their downstream or whatever is just like so insane to me. I would just want to like experience that. Um, We're getting off track. It's fine. It's fine. It's like. Um, I, there was a while there where I got invited to a lot of these and they would like trick you into thinking it was just like a normal party. (laughs) Like, I mean, like I thought I got, I thought I got invited to a party two different times where it turned out to just be one of these. One of them was like, a like a couple of these like older girls that are really wanted to be my friend when I was like 19 or 20. I know they're like we're having a cocktail party at our house and it was to sell jewelry at one of the things so I like had to buy some earrings because I wanted them to be my friend and they didn't talk to me (laughs) no oh that makes me so sad I hate them so much (laughs) then there was another one that was like ostensibly a party at my friend's house like a dinner party but it was people from Primerica which is like which one is Primerica what do they do it's like some kind of financial products thing I was stupid oh that's (laughs) just a pyramid scheme but you're more likely to make money and then an MLM is like oh yeah do you want to get into the financial stuff before you keep talking about like sex toy parties or whatever (laughs) (laughs) we've gotten off track it's fine (laughs) we had to talk about Sam Schultz too um oh my god So I pulled there. So I pulled a study that had a bunch of interesting things about MLMs, and it wasn't specifically about LuLaRoe, but it's a pretty famous one. 
where they did an analysis of 350 of the top MLMs and like kind of compiled the data together. So um, some of the stuff isn't like LuLaRoe specific, but then I went and compared it to. So an interesting thing you can do if you're like really nosy like me is anytime someone approaches you with one of these things, um, go and Google like whatever income disclosure statement and they're like now required by the FTC. It's like fairly new to like post a disclosure of how many people make money like on their website. If you go on their website, you can usually find like a teeny tiny little link for the income disclosure statements and it'll show how many people actually make money and how much it is. And it's like always really interesting because I'm nosy and I hate this shit. So I pulled um, the one for LuLaRoe. So I was going to give you some statistics about MLMs in general from this like meta-analysis study and then talk a little bit about the numbers I found for MLMs or for LuLaRoe specifically. So one of the most interesting facts I found from this um, like big study is that you are actually more likely to make money if you join a classic pyramid scheme. Like if you just sign up for Bernie Madoff as regular eight ball <laughs> pyramid scheme, you are 90, 90% of people lose money. So you got a 10% chance to make money oh in the God. real pyramid scheme. But in a multi-level marketing scheme, 99.6% of people lose money. So you're saying do a pyramid scheme. I'm saying do a pyramid scheme. Yeah. Okay. Good, good. You are also more likely to make money if you play roulette. (laughs) Oh my God. You are 22 times more likely to um, actually turn a profit by playing roulette than you are joining an MLM. It's so crazy that that's it's so that it's like legal to do this. It's legal to do this. It blows my mind. Um, and so if you, they went and kind of compared, so it's 350 MLMs that they all put together. This is from the... Um, the case against multi-level marketing from the Consumer Awareness Institute um, by mm-hmm. John M. Taylor, um, and it, it compared so like a legitimate small business has uh, is profitable for about thirty nine percent of people over the lifetime of the business, where it's less oh, wow. than one. Yeah, so like you know they'll make the argument that um, like lots of small businesses fail, and that's really true, but it's nothing compared to the failure of an MLM. Like this is, this is not a small business. Like, um, he says at the end that it's, it would be fair to refer to this as a buyer's club, which is just like, if you get together and buy products for more than they're actually on the market, but they are not like small business opportunities. So when you pull income disclosure statements, first of all, there are drawbacks even from that. So they analyzed like all of the income statements for these different companies, but Mm -hmm. um, they gave the disclosure that like when you're pulling those disclosure statements, they uh, the compensation plans always assume an infinite market and a virgin market, neither of which exists, which Mm. is like one of the big issues with LuLaRoe is there were just so many retailers that sure. there were like, you know, seven people on one block or whatever. So their their compensation assumes that you are entering a market where there are no other Lularo retailers. So and that there is like a potential for infinite growth of the Lularo. Like of buying like hot dog cat leggings. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
<laughs> like there's no limit on how many hot dog leggings people are willing to buy. So this will apply no matter what. This income disclosure applies even if like 100,000 retailers come. And it, it basically makes the argument that like they're, I mean, when they talk about this guy's the limit for your business, that assumes that there is no limit at which people will say, I have had enough platypus pie leggings. <laughs> right. <laughs> I need to see the platypus pie leggings. <laughs> I, I mean, I I remember that was one of the things that they said in the documentary also. I think that it was Mark that said, um, when you're an entrepreneur, there's no upper limit. Like, they really, really push that, and they really believe it. Like, there's no upper limit to this market of hideous clothing. <laughs> I, you know, I'm not a businessman. I don't know. <laughs> Imagine claiming with a straight face that you can sell infinite platypus leggings. Like you, people Hold on, I'm looking up platypus pie leggings. <laughs> They're my favorite of the ones. Oh I my saw. god. <laughs> That's definitely like a plagiarized platypus design. They're like over for, top of each other. Like they're not. I feel like I could wear these and I could make them work. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> save these, Please save these for so later. <laughs> You can buy them for really cheap now. Um, look, look at look at this outfit combination. I, I'm getting you off track, and I'm so sorry, but I really want you to see this. Oh, I can't send a picture on Zoom. Where are um, you? I'm gonna send it to you on Twitter. Look, look at th- this. Is just like this is what we were talking about, right? So it's like, dear listener, it's lavender leggings with a bunch of platypi on them, and then. <laughs> And then blue pies, like they're blue tinted pies. And then there's also regular colored pies on the print as well. And then these are laid over a purple and white striped dress as like a hot outfit combination. And then, you know, you would wear this with a big like chunky necklace and like leopard print flats. A steaming necklace. (laughs) I'm so sorry. So amazing! It cannot be overstated how awful these outfits are. It's uh, it's great. I actually love it. I'm sorry. Okay, go on, go on with the financial stuff. <laughs> no, it's fine. Um, I just, oh my goodness. Okay, <laughs> so the, from the National Federation of Independent Businesses, so um, surveying small businesses in the year the study came out, um, over the lifetime of business, 39% are profitable, 30% break even, and 30% lose money. So the break even rate with MLMs is even like 99.6% of people do not make any money at all. So it's like, you know, if you're looking at this, then theoretically that like extra 30% of people that break even, it's like, you're not even doing that. So like if you start a regular small business, you should be able to prove that like, you know, you have a success rate of at least 40%, but they can't, they can't even show that you have a success rate of larger than 1% for any MLM. There's no MLM out there where the income disclosure says that you could possibly profit or that more than um or less than 99 you know what i'm trying to say yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> let me put that together better so <laughs> there is no mlm out there where um the likelihood that your profit is higher than one percent not one like people will claim That's so fucking crazy people will claim that theirs is different or like this company is different or like 
but it's just there is not a single one if they use this business model it is impossible for you to profit unless you're in at the ground floor like if you are the first one there and are incredibly good at recruiting but otherwise no you're much better if you have like a built-in audience like mary from sister yeah yeah Yeah. or something like that but um some like i had some interesting stuff about the taxes but we can talk about that next um, okay, so for LuLaRoe itself, you can, um, it's really easy to find their disclosure statement online if you just Google it. Um, mm-hmm. But the, the graphs are really striking. But basically, um, 50.1% of people make $1 to um, $4,990. So most people will make less than that um, in the course of a year. So is that the, like profit or is that like, does that count the $5,000 they put in? That's gross. Okay. That's gross. Jesus Christ. Yeah. It's so Jesus bad. Christ. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And 16.7% will um, make negative $1 to negative $5,000. Um, and then it gets to like teeny, teeny, tiny percentages, the higher you go up. Um, but I kind of figured out using the median. So a lot of times when you see this shit, they'll use the average. Mm-hmm. And that's like really deceptive because it includes the people who make hundreds of thousands of dollars. So if you use the right. median, like the true middle, um, the median gross, again, gross, not like extracting any of your expenses, is um, mm-hmm. $1,444.65 a year. So For a whole year. For a whole year. That's $120 a month or $30 a week. So that means that if you're working 40 hours a week, which the average is 20 to 40 hours, you're making 75 cents an hour. And that's so crazy. Yeah. And none, and that's if like none of that is including expenses. So right. like the like, you know, your cost of inventory, you have to buy 33 new pieces a month to stay active in the system at all. And you don't get to pick those pieces again. It's no, just whatever they just mail shit you they decide whatever. to send you. <laughs> so you can yeah. just get like 12 platypus pie leggings and be like, you have to sell these. Not to mention, it's not like you're like setting up a regular online store, right? Like some people have like passive and come through like an e-commerce site that almost like runs itself but this is like they're going live on facebook all the fucking time to sell these hideous leggings like it's so much work it's so much communication there's no like inventory management it's all like done like person to person and like through paypal and stuff you know it's however they can figure out how to organize it themselves it's not like they give them a back end to like deal with orders or anything no and the like independent retailers have to do all the returns and exchanges themselves right which is kind of so i went through the better business bureau on LuLaRoe and there was a a bunch of complaints about like i'm not able to get my money back and the response every single time is like you need to go back to the person who sold you the leggings right and so those people are having to then lose that money and do all the legwork to return the leggings and they're not then they're having these people come back to them and be like where the fuck is my money but they don't have any control of it and the the backlog for like returning refunds and inventory is between three and 12 months so it's taking a year plus for people to get money back for stuff and they're just like coming back to their like independent retailer and like where where's my money and that poor person has to do like returns and exchanges and it's like they're just 
offloading all this work on people. Yeah. And you can't, you're, there are so many restrictions on how you can market stuff. So you can't do just like an e-commerce website. You're not allowed to do that. You can't just do like, um, you know, natalie.com and list everything on there. You have (laughs) 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 to come buy my book with that and that reminds me as well like this whole like kind of like offloading stuff onto the retailers kind of characteristic of their whole business model right like I remember there was one part in the documentary where Mark and I don't know if we said this but Mark is Deanne Stidham's husband he's the co-founder of LuLaRoe or I guess Deanne co-founded it with Diane and then he came in right but Mark is in charge now very clearly and he said something about like we viewed the way that we ran things and what he's talking about is like the pyramid scheme and like recruitment scheme as like not having to have like hiring managers that you like don't (laughs) trust or whatever. We were like outsourcing the work of hiring managers to people who like actually care. And it's just like so transparent that it's just like, we actually don't know how to do business operations like at all. (laughs) (laughs) We literally know how to do nothing. And yet, they're so rich. They're so rich. Yeah. So the only way it's basically possible to make money with LuLaRoe is recruitment bonuses. And so I pulled out that chart too. And the median earning was zero dollars. <laughs> <gasps> it's just And like, this is the main way that people make money, right? Right, right. Yeah. It's like getting other people to sell under you because you get a cut of it. So yeah, it's it's like 20% of people who ever get any kind of recruitment bonus check, and then it's less than 1% of people who ever make enough to live off of. Oh, my God. I mean, because a lot of people probably get roped into it just being told, like, hey, I make so much money doing this. You can do it, too. You just have to sell. Like, they probably don't even think about the fact that they're going to have to, like, you know, recruit 50 people under them to, like, right. make enough money to get by or whatever. No, I mean, people genuinely believe that they are, like, starting their own business. I mean, yeah. they genuinely believe that. And like, they're taking out loans to the like amount that you would just start a small business. Like right. the um, documentary talked about how they would encourage women to sell their breast milk. That and was so sick, dude. So sick. Like take literal food away from your babies that you like made with your body. And so, oh my God. <laughs> They also like lie to their husbands and take out loans, right? I think it was again Courtney in the documentary who said she just like did it or whatever. And I think one of them said something like it's better to ask for forgiveness than for permission. And they would just like take out a $5,000 loan that in most cases they just literally cannot afford. Yeah. They cannot afford it. Or like Uh, they're encouraged to like just put things on credit cards. Right. Yeah. And I think one of them described too just like month to month having to do that to keep up because like you're buying the inventory every single time. And again, you never know what you're getting. And that's another way that it's different from if you were running your own small business, right? Like presumably if you go ahead and you open your own small business, whether it's online or a brick and mortar store, you have control over the product that you're selling or the service that you're providing and this it is just literally like zero control it's just whatever random assortment of 200 items that they decide to send you for like the thousands of dollars that you've given them yeah imagine paying five thousand dollars for just like a box of random shit oh my god dude (laughs) like you could get the like the vagina taco one and then be like i have to sell it 
Oh my god. And you have to like pretend too that it's like really good because you have to do it on Facebook Live. So you have to act like really excited about it and try to like conceal the taco that's right over the vagina when you're like holding it up. Because that's how they do it. They like hold up each item. Oh. I found an amazing quote in the question and answers that are like, you know, isn't it a drawback that you just get a random assortment and you don't get to pick? And they're like, no, that's what's so great about LuLaRoe. If you were like picking your own stuff, it would be just stuff that you like. But because you're getting a random assortment, it might be something that someone else likes and you think is ugly. <laughs> There's some person out there that, like, their holy grail of leggings is, like, the platypus pie leggings. Like, I'm sure, right? Oh, man. Yeah. People were saying that on the Better Business Bureau that they send, like, all their best stuff to their highest earners. And oh, then, I And, like, things, things that they can't sell, they shovel off to all the, like lower people or things that they um in the documentary they have um that they literally didn't have enough storage facilities because they were just growing so fast and people were so incompetent that they just had like thousands of leggings sitting outside and so they were rained on (laughs) and they still shipped those leggings so they like someone said they stank like chlorine and death (laughs) oh my god that that reminded me also like I remember in the groups that I was in like seeing people talking about that about like the higher earners being the ones that got all the good prints because around like holidays they release limited prints like for Christmas there's Christmas leggings for Halloween there's Halloween leggings etc and you would see people complaining like I literally did not get one Halloween print in my box and I'm seeing all these other sellers that got like 20 Halloween items in their box like what the fuck is going on and it's it is just like so obvious that they're sending it to the people that are already bringing in the most money probably through like the recruitment scheme or whatever and the other thing is also they're not allowed to return the limited run print so if anybody at like a lower level did get one of those prints there's not like some of the other stuff even though the returns process i think you have some information on that just like doesn't fucking work like they're not even allowed to return the limited ones that are like for christmas or whatever you're just like fucking stuck (laughs) yeah you're just (laughs) stuck with it Uh. If you Google on Facebook um, goob sales, so like going out of business sales for LuLaRoe, you can find like thousands of groups of people just like posting their ugly shit because they're trying to turn it over for just like a couple bucks. Like, Yeah, dude. I mean, again, like I said, I had originally found this back in like 2016, 2017. And then when we were talking about it the other day, I tried to like look up all those groups that I was in at the time and like 90% of them or more are just like gone. Like they're, they all say like group closing soon and then like they never posted again like three years ago or they all say like closed out of business whatever they're just like all gone and these are all like you know real people with like lives and families who were probably like really severely financially impacted by this company and it's just like it's nothing to them and there's like thousands and thousands of women like this out there it's just it's absolutely awful it's like so predatory i don't know didn't you say on the facebook thing didn't you say there was like you were in a facebook where there was some guy named travis that everyone was obsessed with it was like a guy because like it's mostly women right and then most of the obvious obviously most of the shoppers are women and there was this one guy who i guess i don't know if he did it or if it was like he did it for his wife he would do like the facebook lives and it would just be like women would go fucking crazy when this guy would get on there because he would like wear leggings too and he and they show i think some guys wearing leggings in the documentary as like a promotional thing but he would go on there and he would be so fucking excited about these fugly leggings (laughs) <laughs> he would just do like a whole thing or right? like okay ladies like who wants 
husband says, he'd be like, oh my God, I love you, Travis. I wish my husband was wearing leggings, Travis. I love you so much. It was so bizarre, dude. And I, I literally could just spend hours like watching this stuff. It's like so, as soon as I was like exposed, as soon as I'm exposed to like any weird internet corner of anything, I will just spend like a hundred hours like getting into it. You look at like income statements, like I watch Travis in leggings. <laughs> selling <laughs> shit to like stay at home moms um your thing is probably a little bit more productive <laughs> um yeah dude. i love it i love it i love scams i can't help it <laughs> i do too i mean i when i saw that lady there's a woman in the documentary gosh let me let me find her name so we can mention her the lady who was like the who just got into it being online yeah yeah, I don't know. I, I found it. It, it is. It is Becca Peter. It's Becca Peter. Okay. Uh, I don't remember what I was going to say now. Oh, I was going to say that when I saw um, Becca Peter in the documentary, uh, she like literally just got into this from like an anti MLM perspective. And she said she became like obsessed with it and like learned all this stuff about it. And then like eventually helped like kind of bring <laughs> yes. them down. Yes, and I was like, that God, lady. That could, yeah, I was like, that could be that me could be if us. I was more productive. <laughs> Absolutely. And she's so it's this woman and she's in the documentary just because she hates MLM so much. That's her only qualification. Her, like, actual job is she has, like, a real little art store where she makes washi tape, but in her... I'm such (laughs) a fan of her. I was, like, I was, I thought of you, too. I was, like, Carrie and I, we could do this. (laughs) We were born for this. (laughs) If, If I could, like, do something productive instead of just, like, spend, like, 12 hours until, like, 4 in the morning reading internet posts, I could totally bring down a multi-million dollar company it would be so easy for me it would be so easy (laughs) (laughs) i should be quoted in a documentary they should pull me into a a nixium documentary i'm an expert (laughs) i've read everything the good thing about nixium is at least that guy is in jail yeah i mean these people are still bopping along they belong in jail jail shouldn't exist except for like for these people absolutely they like the the thing is, is like even if they take um, Lularo down, uh, there's another one popping up in this place, in their place. Like there needs to be a massive anti-MLM campaign that we're just not going to have the political. I mean, this is going to be with us for a long time because it requires. There's got to be like, like legislation regulating. Yeah, it, and there's just yeah. not. There's just not. There's too many loopholes that you can exploit. And the reality is that they have the money to deal with lawsuits because they make so much fucking money off of this. Right, and they matter. have like an enormous lobbying arm like called the dsa which is not (laughs) (laughs) i was listening to this podcast called the dream and it's a it's about multi-level marketing and they kept referring to to it's so good they kept referring to the dsa and i was so fucking confused (laughs) what is the dsa direct sales association oh my gosh that's the bad dsa that's like the the doppelganger to the Like the DSA, I was like, "What are all these like commie dorks? Why are they like? <laughs> why are they oh, lobbying?" No. Yeah, so the um, they have like massive lobbying organizations, and like it's like so in nice. all levels of government, like the DeVos family, like it is the Amway family, like it's it's, it's so yeah, it's like <laughs> so integrated, it's so bad. Um, but 
Oh, yeah. Can we talk about the tax stuff a little bit? Please, 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 please. I'm sorry. Um, I think I got us off track again. Please. No, it's okay. I'm I'm just, like, really fascinated with the financial stuff with LuLaRoe. This, I get really into this shit, which is, like, so lame. Um, no, it's so cool. So <laughs> they state – so the, for the purposes of the DSA, they refer to um, this as not a job but an activity. <laughs> So, for tax purposes, you do not file your taxes as though you um, actually own a small business, which should be a tipping off for people, but, like, people just don't get it. They don't look into it. They don't understand, like, um, but it's taxed as, like, hobby income instead of business income. Oh, it's not even, like, independent contractor. It's, like... mm -mm. Oh it God. goes in so it's it's taxed the same way gambling income is taxed <gasps> so um it's like because you're not ever making any money so if something so expenses from a business that doesn't produce profits for more than three years does not qualify for business expense deductions but are classified not as business losses but as quote hobby losses so oh you can't even deduct any of the shit from your taxes like all oh the money God. that you put into it and they encourage you heavily to like reinvest everything you make um, right. So that's part of the problem when tax com- time comes is that people, I mean, they have no support. They're not business people. They don't have business classes. So they aren't withholding the taxes that they need to. They're just reinvesting everything back into the business. And so then, right. you know, they maybe claim so much income, but they haven't paid income taxes on any of it. So they end up like taking huge hits because they're that's not so setting awful. aside like 10 to 15 percent because they just don't know. Um, and then, you know, it's not, it's, it's taxed as though it's like random money that you make. Like if you gamble and you make 800 bucks and you claim it on your taxes, it's going to be taxed at that rate and not, you can't do any deductions for business expenses because it is not a business. Oh my God. So like all the shipping materials and all that Mm -hmm. shit that they have to pay for themselves, they cannot even claim any of that. You can't claim that stuff because it's like, because it's not possible for it to be profitable like it's so sick so like really fucking sick dude it's so sick so it's classified as a hobby loss and not a business loss so like if you lose money at a business you can get tax relief for that but if you if you lose money at this like you know it's basically just if you had blown fun money it's it's so sick and like that's how like the lobbying agencies kind of get around stuff is that they say this is like a hobby activity. So when they're selling Mm -hmm. it to moms, they're selling it as though they're a business opportunity. But then when they're turning around and going to politicians and regulatory agencies, they're calling it a hobby or an activity. Right. So, um, that feels fraudulent. That feels like it should be illegal. It's it's all should be so illegal. It's so funny. Like how it's literally shaped like a pyramid. I don't get (laughs) it. How is this possible? Oh. Um, but an- so another lawsuit that they're under right now is related to um, taxes, which is mm-hmm. so they're being sued right now. It's a class action because um, so if you buy something on like Etsy or Amazon or, you know, if you if you if you use Etsy to sell stuff, they, mm-hmm. it, it's within a, a commerce platform that does the taxes properly for you. So some states charge sales tax on certain things um, on clothing and some states don't. So LuLaRoe charges it based on the location of the seller. 
-hmm. not the buyer. So that means that someone could be buying leggings from a state that has no sales tax, but paying taxes on it because they bought it from another state, which if that makes sense. And so that money, yeah, that money they're just pocketing. So that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's insane. And I think that is like less intentional fraud and more just like, they have no idea what the fuck they're doing. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, for like, sure. Yeah, for they sure. don't have a, any kind of platform set up to sell any of this stuff. And they're like right. in denial about the fact that they're an online business. Right. Cause it's like the bot model is built for like going door to door, but people are doing it all over Facebook. And so they're just mailing it and no one is charging taxes correctly. And they're just basically like, because some states don't have tax on clothing, but people are still paying tax on the clothing. To LuLaRoe. To LuLaRoe. Right. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. It's so bad. And that lawsuit is ongoing? Yeah. The like Europeanid scheme lawsuit that they talk about. Oh, they, they talked about how it was settled. Right. There's there was in the one, documentary. Yeah, I think so. I think yeah, so. But was, again, they are still in business, right? Which is really crazy. It's really crazy. That's like so. The next thing I'm going to talk about is the Better Business Bureau, and it's so funny the like cascade of claims in it because everyone's like, "I'm so afraid they're going to go bankrupt, and I'm never going to get my ten thousand dollars back." Oh no. <laughs> so, Oh. <laughs> and they will. They'll they'll shutter this and start another one and never get any. I mean, they already have fifteen other ones. Yeah, they'll just in their own family. Like, <laughs> 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 oh man. Um, can I talk about the Better Business Bureau a little bit? Please. And, yeah, and then, I can't wait to hear it. Then we can maybe go out about Sam Schultz. <laughs> oh my God! Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so. I read every single Better Business. You read every single one. Every single one. Oh my god! There are two two hundred and two Better Business Bureau. I read every single one. I love that. I love that you did that. I know. It took me three days at work. Oh no! It was so oh much fun. God. Don't feel bad for me. <laughs> I meant to I meant to look up like how many better business complaints like regular companies get. <laughs> oh, that's a good question. Versus like LuLaRoe cuz it takes a lot for someone to go to the Better Business Bureau. Like you have right. to really be mad. <laughs> Yeah, I wonder. Like now, I'm gonna like do this for like all MLMs that I know about. Like reports. But yeah, what did you? What did you find? It has a Better Business Bureau rating of F. (laughs) Okay, shocker, big shocker. Based on like just the huge volume of complaints and how the complaints do not get resolved within the system. Sure. I mean, they just have to pretend it doesn't exist, right? Like, what else could they possibly do? Well, so they will respond, and they respond. Oh, they do respond. Oh, it's amazing. You see why I spent so long. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they have like three different canned responses they have based on what your problem was. So if you have stinky leggings, they have a canned response. No. (laughs) If you um, haven't got your refund in time, they have one for that. Um, Okay. And then they have one for if we sold your email address. Oops. (laughs) (laughs) What? I didn't even think they would be competent enough to like do any kind of um, like email address selling to third party. (laughs) 
you know? Well, well here's, here's the response. So what's happening is their independent retailers are selling email addresses to each other. What? <laughs> There's a bunch of complaints out there with people that, like someone said that she, her credit score had been impacted because she got so many emails that she missed bills because she was getting <gasps> hundreds and hundreds a day. Oh, that's so upsetting. So oh no. So she said she got do her she could like her credit score was hurt because she didn't pay her bills on time because she got so many little emails. Oh that's so awful, dude. Yeah, and so they'll respond with like um like marketing belongs to the independent retailers. We don't have anything to problem. do with this. They said you're gonna have to go through and unsubscribe individually. Oh my god. Because <laughs> these they're online, so they like make databases and sell them to each other. <laughs> Honestly, that's kind of like smart. You know? <laughs> go off, girl boss. <laughs> so if you like if you get in and buy it from one person, if they're a big enough person, they'll start selling it all around. <laughs> you're getting oh just like hundreds a day and there's no way to unsubscribe because you're like there's like so many different people it's incredible so there's a canned so response we, they give for that that's like you know we don't control what they do with their email address you'll have to unsubscribe to each of them individually so that's right. one that's a major complaint um stinky and shitty legs <laughs> naturally naturally <laughs> Um, and then there's like the biggest thing, which was, um, 151 of the 202 complaints on there is people that are just not getting refunded. It's, it's crazy to scroll through. Like you just absolutely cannot get refunded. So briefly, they talk about this in the documentary, but, Mm -hmm. um, they had a, a brief time where they were like, their recruitment numbers were dropping off so much that mm-hmm. it was because people were taking too high of a risk by spending five or ten thousand dollars. So they implemented a happiness policy for six months that said you can return everything for a hundred percent refund and we will pay your shipping costs. And so there is just like a barrage of people coming in trying to get all their money back. And they were just like fundamentally unable to handle that and so it's just like a bunch of complaints of people who um they ended up having to pay 700 500 a thousand dollars in shipping um and just haven't heard anything or got reimbursed they said the um for like wait times that i saw for people because there are people listing every single date that they called and so they'll call like 50 days in a row and wait between two and seven hours every time like oh my god it's so bad or they can like never get through to anyone because it's just like their one like dickhead son who's the only one he's <laughs> right and it's all like in an excel file is probably how they're handling the fucking returns yeah so and, yeah people are just absolutely not getting their money back and so i had a couple of like kind of like bummer stories um oh no yeah so this one is dated um 118 of 2019 they said they returned uh nine thousand four hundred and thirty six dollars of clothes march 16th of 2018 so 10 months later um, they took the return. So they took an inventory and resold it. So people are seeing that like things have been returned and inventoried right. and sent off to the company on like the online system, but right. they are waiting 10 months to find out like what the fuck is happening. So they basically stole the inventory and aren't returning the money. 
they can't even try to sell it. It's just gone. No. So that's like some of the complaints are people writing like, if I still had these fugly wet leggings, I could try and at least turn them over for something. Someone said these. Right. Fu- someone wrote, they, if I still had these fucking ugly wet leggings. <laughs> oh god so this one said um they still haven't received the money my husband is an active member in the coast guard and is not getting paid since the government shut down so he continues to work without paid my family needs this money so we don't lose our home thank you for anyone who could help us we should not have to wait 10 months for money that's ours i've returned all the things and spent over 700 dollars in shipping to return it to LuLaRoe. this is theft unethical and bad business practice oh man I know, so awful. There was, there's a bunch of like military families that were writing in right. in early 2019 because they were like so broke with the shutdown. There's a like, and like, it just seems to be someplace that it, the, it's like military gets 100% returns always, mm-hmm. theoretically. But that's oh, do not, they still do that? Um, supposedly. Well, supposedly. But the people are writing in and saying, no, no right. they're not doing it. So, um, <sighs> I know. So this person says that um, this is 130 of 2019. They returned the they received the returned merchandise on March 21st of 2018. They owe seven thousand nine hundred and twenty dollars and refuse to give me any time frame for when they'll send me my money. I've had to pay over $750 in credit card interest while I waited patiently for them to send me the money for the merchandise they've had in their possession for over 10 months. They claim they're refunding people in the orders that their returns are received, but I haven't returned my item as far back as 2018. Please help me get the refund owed. And so it's like people, there are a lot of people who are complaining about like the interest there because all of this stuff is charged. And you're not getting reimbursed. Like people are sitting. Right. Pe- the average family does not have ten thousand dollars. That's just yeah, like. Of course not. So it's charged. So it's a year of interest and shipping costs that they have now eaten, waiting for their money to come back. And so, like, their husbands in the military, and they could lose their home because of the like government shutdown, and they need that ten thousand dollars. It's right. it's insane. So this one said. Um, it's a really long one and so i'm not going to read all the stuff with like her listing the different dates she contacted them but the total refund was supposed to be eleven thousand four hundred and thirty dollars oh my god that's so much fucking money it's so much she said um i don't have seven hours to sit on hold for an associate i'm a mom of two children have a full-time um i'm a full-time student and i work full-time so the last time she did it was seven hours and she just can't, like, can't call back again. Yeah. That's like almost a full day of work. I know. So it's like she's has two kids. She's a full-time student. She she can't even get through to them on the phone, let alone the fact that she they have $11,000 of her money. Right. And she's, um, she said, I have communication documented, including tracking information that confirmed receipt of all boxes and emails so far. Um, please tell me what to do here. I'm at a loss. Um, this has caused me more grief, tears, anxiety, and stress in my life than the whole experience was worth. I'm beyond disappointed and have been pushed aside and disregarded by your company. I'm trying to buy a house for my family, and this has held things up for a way I cannot express in an email. I'm desperate. Please provide me with adjusted amount so I can get on with my life. I know, it's so sad. Okay, this is the last one, and then I won't be such a bummer. It's so (laughs) sad. And they will just respond, hello, we appreciate your continued patience. Oh. Unfortunately, <laughs> Shh. 
don't say like, unfortunately, we cannot control um, how quickly things are processed and returned. It's just, it's real sick. Um, our company is dog shit. It's our not our is fault. Dog shit. I returned um, 1855 of inventory to LuLaRoe in August 2018. So this is um, in 2019, a year later. They have confirmed receipt of the items, but they have not sent my refund and will not even provide me with a timeline. This loan was taken against my 401k, and I can't leave my company for a better job I was offered because I can't pay that money back to my account. Fuck. Yeah, dude. Fuck. Fuck, fuck. That fucking sucks. It's so sick. I mean, it derails people's lives. They can't buy houses. They can't care for their kids. They can't start a better job. Like Right. The thing that I thought of that I keep thinking about when you first started talking about this was the lady in the documentary who said there was, they had like that six month period where they were supposedly taking returns from everybody, but she wasn't able to get her stuff in in time because she had had like a miscarriage. Mm-hmm. Or I think, was it a stillbirth? Some some kind of horrible. It was a really, it was really sad. And she was like very, very depressed because of it. And she like just missed the window. And so she was just like fucked. And that was so fucking awful. Like that really, I mean, you think about the stress that these women are under, you know, it's like stay at home moms. It's like pregnant women. It's people who are just trying to like make a slightly better life for themselves who are just like in despair. And then this company is just like, they just like don't give a fuck. They don't care. They're like living in their McMansions now. They're happy. They're just like sitting at home waiting calling every day and like can't even get an answer on when things will be processed let alone I mean it's it's so fucking sick and that's like one criticism I have of the documentary is I feel like they didn't interview the average LuLaRoe retailer yeah like they interviewed a bunch of like the higher ups who ended up getting burned and upset and like troubled by their own behavior and like you know and that's absolutely like they are also abused but they they didn't really interview like these women who like borrowed against their 401k and lost everything right yeah i mean i remember there's the one woman and i don't remember her name it might have been ashley um they like asked her if she was willing to say how much she would make off of the recruitment bonus checks and she was just like no absolutely not (laughs) it's like you know that she made a lot of money right and And that's she's like the one percent right like there's where are these stories in that yeah and like that woman who lost her house but she was making fifty thousand dollars a month for a while and it's like right it's like yeah but i wish that they had told like the average story a little bit that that gets into the other thing too right like some of these women were making um twenty thirty forty thousand dollars a month and they were encouraged to spend it all mm-hmm. that was one way that they would keep them kind of sucked in it was like you know if you're making this much money off of it you need to be like buying louis vuitton bags you need to be getting like cosmetic procedures you need to be moving into a bigger house and you need to be posting like a different outfit every day you need to be posting your shopping trips every day and tagging at LuLaRoe and if you don't tag at LuLaRoe like Deanne would literally monitor people's social media this is a person who's like filthy fucking rich and she's spending her time monitoring people's social media to make sure that they tag the company in the posts so that the company looks good like again like this really speaks to just like having no fucking clue what you're doing like she's not even like just relaxing and enjoying being rich she's doing the job that you could like pay an intern to do or something (laughs) if you had like any fucking sense she's just like at home monitoring every aspect of these women's lives because she's fucking crazy absolutely crazy i mean it's like fucking deranged to still 
real work. I just, I don't understand all these. That's a, it's no, it's like a fucking sickos that like make this much money and then like still spend their time doing this shit. Like go relax right. on the beach. Like fuck off. Right. And the fact that they want to like keep doing it at this point, like, just shut it down. Just shut it down. Give the people their money back. Like you should have money to just like not have to fucking work anymore. But no, they want to just like keep it going indefinitely, I guess. I mean, they think there's no upper limit. And I guess they're probably right because they're just legally allowed to keep creating more and more MLMs through like their network of their family network. And it is just like bottomless. Like it just keeps going. And it's like if they shut down Lula Road, they'll just transfer their energies to another one in the family. And like, right. it's it's pretty upsetting, like to see stuff just still like popping along. Um, we, we talked about this a little bit, but the other criticism I have is, um, I mean, I loved it for the record. This is like my favorite thing. Um, I wish that there was like some acknowledgement that like there are so many women so much further down on this chain that are really hurt. Mm -hmm. But I think, I mean, that that's much too big of a scope for a four part series or whatever, but like who makes, who makes these you know, right. like who, how much are they making? Like that's even less than, yeah. you know, it's like there, there are women in the world like slaving in sweatshops to make these leggings for you. And you just think about the just pile of like women that you're climbing up to the top of and like crushing on the way. And it's, it's like really opaque. Like we were talking about it DMing and neither one of us could like track where the fuck anything was coming from right like there was they worked a lot with my dyer which is now out of business which is also mentioned in the documentary which was run by that guy who was like mark's bro like they were like friends they were like in a car club together or whatever (laughs) and that's actually out of business now but like their manufacturing takes place mostly outside of the united states or took place i should say and i really couldn't find anything more specific than that except that there would be times that they would take um the mentors which is like one of the rungs in the pyramid scheme because it is a pyramid scheme um they would like take trips out to like the factories and there was the one i told you about where they went out to like guatemala and then Just. Okay, tell me what the bottom of the back thing is. <laughs> so, so I came across this story on lularofail.com, which is apparently now no longer updated, unfortunately. And I will mention at the end something about that, which is kind of funny. Um, I came across this story. I guess this person has like a source inside of Lularo that leaked text messages to them back in 2017. So basically, like I said, a bunch of LuLaRoe mentors got invited by Deanne on a trip to Guatemala so they could like look at the factory, you know, be there for a few days. It's it's not uncommon for her to do this for like the top sellers to like take them out somewhere and just like kind of like party or whatever. And before I get into it, let me say a little bit about customs duty for our listeners that aren't familiar. And I'm not an expert on it, but I just like... I don't even know how I know about it, but I know a little bit about it. And it's basically like a tax that you pay when you've been in a foreign country, you've bought something, then when you're coming back into the United States, you're supposed to pay a tax on that. Uh, Depending on the country you're coming from, it can apply to gifts, uh, just varies by country, how long you were there, etc. So, you know, what does that have to do with LaRue, you might wonder. (laughs) Uh, Like I said, they were on this trip, and they toured some of the production facilities, and they also came across these, like, independent artisans that made these, like, really cute leather and woven fabric purses. And I guess Deanne saw this as a business opportunity. She encouraged all the girls that were with her to buy purses, like a lot of fucking purses. I watched a video of one of the girls that actually had her purses confiscated by customs. She said she had over a hundred purses. Oh, Oh, you're frozen. 
So I saw this video on the Little Royal Fail website, the same blog that I found this story, that um, this woman said she literally had over 100 purses that she had bought at the direction of Deanne, which she tried to tell the customs officers were meant to be gifts. <laughs> and and the funny thing is, in the video, too, she totally stands by these being gifts, like, quote unquote, for her team. And she says, you know, these guys are like just not used to our level of success, where you would have money... <laughs> They would have money to give hundreds of purses away as gifts. They just really don't get what we're all about. Um, but but it's like really obvious that these were not gifts at all. Uh, she got like a couple dozen women that were on this trip to buy like a hundred purses or more each. It's unclear how many. And then you might be wondering like how would they sell these? You know, um, that's where the Lularoe Supply Store comes in. Uh, I don't know if you know about this. This is like uh-uh. it's a website, and I think it's still up. This is a website that's like run by like the home office, by the actual company. And they sell stuff directly, like completely cutting out the retailers. A lot of it is um, just regular LuLaRoe merchandise. Like if for some fucking reason you want a straw hat with a LuLaRoe logo (laughs) on it, that's where you can go to buy it. Um, So they sell like these exclusive items on there and in this blog they had like screenshots of uh like a sale that they had like a pop-up sale and there they were the guatemalan purses that were all (laughs) legally imported for free as gifts um so you know basically deanne had these women illegally import a bunch of purses (laughs) and then like artisans (laughs) yeah and and these are not like these are not in the same price range as the leggings okay because the leggings are like 20 bucks these purses were hundreds of dollars like the ones that i saw were like 220 250 like that price range um so this is like extremely illegal when you declare something as a gift for customs purposes you're saying i'm definitely not gonna sell this (laughs) right like that's that's the whole point um you know this is for me this is to not make a profit off of but there's all these pictures of deanne and a bunch of other women just standing in front of racks and racks of these (laughs) illegally imported purses Something um, about that's so funny to me. <laughs> like, yes, it is, these it are is really for funny. sure for my hundred closest friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, I'm gonna send you this picture. I'll send it to you on Twitter. There's just like I don't know. There's something like so specifically appalling about this. I don't know why, but it's it is just like so fucking gross that they did this because it is. They are just trying to like you know cut out the artisans from any kind of like cut that they might get off of knowing that this could be like an extremely profitable business right oh my god there's um, so many purses there's so many fucking purses <laughs> they're like on, <laughs> on like legit racks like at a yeah. store they're like mall racks they set up like this little shop and every- it's it's fucking crazy dude um so a few months later one of the ladies that was in the documentary courtney harwood she decides that she wants to import these bags legally okay so she gets mm-hmm. a whole supply chain set up you know in theory she's like working with the artisans she says she's setting up a fair trade company she wants everybody to oh, be fair that compensated isn't that like really cool so cool of her so deanne finds out about it and she swoops in (laughs) and she makes an offer to the supplier that courtney was working with and she gets them to sell all the bags to her instead what the fuck she purposely buys out all the bags from under courtney so that she cannot open her store and you know this is all it's like conjecture that she did this retaliatory thing and that she did all this illegal stuff but 
but it's like pretty obvious. Like I wouldn't want to unjustly accuse Deanne Stidham of anything, but it's like pretty obvious that she is like doing illegal stuff here, you know? Just setting up mall racks of my (laughs) gifts for my 600 closest friends and family. (laughs) That's totally normal. And then they give me a couple hundred dollars for these gifts. This is the way gift giving works. (laughs) Um, It's fine. So... Yeah, I don't know. I just thought that that was, even though we couldn't find anything specific about their supply chain issues, which I'm sure there's a lot of fucked up stuff in the manufacturing process, I just thought that that was like probably emblematic of the way that she views, you know, that type of labor and that she just, she really just wants to like cut out as many people as possible and make as much profit as possible, right? Right. I mean, that that money, that custom charges goes to people. Like, you you just have to pay, you pay your fucking taxes. You just have to pay your fucking taxes. Yeah. Like pay your fucking taxes. It's it's important that you pay your fucking taxes. It's not like another thing you can try to scam your way out of. But she can and she has. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it's working for her so far, so. I guess so. I mean, she's richer than me. We're saying everybody should do tax fraud. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. This is this is really awful. It sucks. She doesn't not only does she want to like defraud the people working under her, she wants to keep expanding her little circle of influence and she doesn't want anybody to escape it, right? That's why she went, you know, and snatched the stuff away from this woman like behind her back just to spite her because she was mad that she had left LuLaRoe. So she didn't want her to have anything else, right? Trying and to start start a legitimate company. Right. And that's like, that's like emblematic of cults. Like they don't want people to like go out on their own or like be able to escape. They want them to feel trapped. And she she apparently like just gets very personally angry when somebody leaves and she wants them to suffer for it, which is just like insane. Yeah. I mean, it's a it's totally like Nexium where it's just like you have no reason to be doing this besides just anger that someone had the gall to leave you. Like there's no there's no reason to be like trying to undermine someone's attempts to start it. I mean, they're not in competition. They're not like, right. It's this person isn't like, hasn't taken contacts. You know, they just want to start their own normal business. Yeah. You should be supporting that if you want people to succeed or whatever, all like the bullshit that they say. about. Yeah. If you're like family there, I saw that their online like platform that they log sales in is called blessed. (laughs) Oh God. Just fucking kill me. (laughs) Just fucking kill me. Um, What else do we have to talk about besides Sam Schultz? Do we want to round up on Sam Schultz? Okay, yeah. I mean, let's talk about Sam Schultz. I am obsessed with (laughs) 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 This is, if you watched Lula Rich, um, it's Deanne's nephew. And he just had so many good lines in the movie and he's just such a fucking dumb guy like he really is just <laughs> so, so he he starts off by saying like i had no business working here there was no business for me no to be doing idea this what i am doing it's like that's the first scene you have with him is him just being like i was put in control of millions of event dollars and i had no fucking clue what i was doing <laughs> but you know for a time it did work out and then they had that explosive growth that it had he had my favorite quote of the whole documentary which was he said it was like flying a plane while you're still building the plane and you don't even know how all the pieces of the plane work and you don't even know how to fly the plane you're not even a pilot (laughs) and it was just like he seemed he seemed so like introspective about it in a way but then if you like look him up you realize he's just like a serial scammer like this is just (laughs) what he does Uh, he starts 
all these like promotion businesses. <laughs> um, he, in the in the documentary, they talk about his weed farm. He got like people to invest like hundreds of thousands of dollars <laughs> in this fake weed farm, which ended up just being him turning over three hundred thousand dollars to some guy named Soy, just sight unseen. <laughs> he never s- saw the farm. He never saw a cent of that money again. That money is gone forever. Obviously, very obviously. There was that moment in the documentary where. I don't remember if it was, I think it was Courtney. She says that he sent her like a picture of a stack of money <laughs> and she Google image searched it and it was just like from Google. She's like, <laughs> and it's, you know, I don't know, man. This guy, there's just a lot going on. I feel like this is like, he's like, just the perfect representation of like this whole family without having like the smarts to even try to hide it a little bit or like dress it up <laughs> in like other language, just, which is really interesting. <laughs> He's like so easily conned by some do- boy named or some guy named Soy. Jeez, I can't even say. Um, <laughs> where he's just like, I believe there was a mar- I was under the impression that it was a real marijuana farm. He like totally reminded me of when I was 19. I bought a fake ID. Um, where I had heard about this address you can mail to the in the United <gasps> Arab Emirates. <laughs> oh no, Natalie. No. So I mailed cash and a passport photo. <laughs> How much cash? than 300,000. But it's just like that's that exact kind of like yeah, I'll just I I do think that he thinks the pot farm was real. <laughs> I believe I believe that he really thought that. But it the other thing that's like really amazing to me is like there's a woman who like all at once cuz he got sued for this, obviously. Uh, there's a woman who gave him $100,000 and it's like how are you the type of person that has $100,000 to give, like, just in liquid cash on short notice, and you're also that stupid? Like, that should erase <laughs> any idea that anything is a meritocracy or anybody deserves the money that they have. They're so stupid. Rich people are so stupid. They should give us the money. I would invest in a real weed farm, and it would be <laughs> it would be totally fine. Um, other businesses that he had, he did, like, music promotion where he just charged people hundreds of dollars per month for nothing he literally just did not do anything for them um i think i mean that's like just a series of scams he's involved he was the hype man for um deanne's sister diane for her um mlm epiphany there was i don't know if if you saw this or if i sent it to you there's like a series of screenshots also from that lula rofail blog of just him trying to get people into this and saying like all the ways that it's so much better than lula (laughs) rofail And how it's like, how it's like absolutely not a scam this time. This time it's for real. And it's just, I I don't know. I really, I guess it's possible that he is just like a genius, like con man or whatever. But he just strikes me more as like the person who's like, like he really thinks he's doing a business. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, no, I don't think that he is like some kind of, if he was a master con man, he wouldn't be on TV saying like, I'm literally so stupid. I don't know. <laughs> saying like, I am not a pilot. I am so stupid. It's just like that one kid who's like, couldn't stop saying how they were a pyramid scheme. Like Jordan people, Brady. Yeah, yeah. These people do not like, 
they're not masterminds. I think the, like, main lady is, but, like... Yeah, I think she's, like, totally fucking evil, her and her husband. Yep, totally evil, but, They're like, so evil. The fail kids just have no life skills at all. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but on, on Piffany, and I, I don't, I couldn't tell if Piffany is still around. Yeah, it was called, like, Honey and Lace and then changed to Piffany. I think it's called, like, Savvy now or something. Yeah, because I, I tried to name again. Facebook and it was gone. Yeah, Savvy, like, S-A-V-V-I. But, yeah. um, oh, yeah, that is, that is still around. We empower you to style your world, it says. But, like, he, this lady, he, like, um, again, somebody, like, leaked these texts to... The person who runs with a row fail and this person like messaged him like asking like hey what's the deal with it or whatever and he sent her like this like list of reasons about why it's like different from Lula Row and why it's good <laughs> and like the tenth way that it's different it says it says number ten my role I'd sit on the corporate bo- board but build a team do fun events for everyone create culture incentive trips and my team is well funded most important is the all caps freedom it'll give me to create culture and have my own creativity I'm looking for my first warriors and then he does like a whole like PS thing about it being like eight months old um and then like he says please hush i'm not in for sure if i do it i'd need my first warriors i'd be in the field not at corporate but sit at the board he says this like more than once um this is like one of the longest like if somebody sent you a message this long on twitter you would like move to a different state because this is like (laughs) like this is one of the most insanely long messages i've ever fucking seen but you know i (laughs) this is just one of his many um ventures and you can simply sign up for 199 we should look into savvy and like piffy and see what the deal is maybe i mean like we should maybe like be one of his warriors i think it could really so, yeah it, it could really work this time it could work we could make time. it work with sam um this the time funny, it's not this time it's not a scam unlike the this other time time. it's real because sam is real. sitting on the board like <laughs> what is there to possibly worry about and the the little funny thing on the lula rofail website i'm not 100 percent sure who runs it i believe it was somebody who used to be a retailer from like the post that i read and then they left and then they kind of dedicated this website and the rest of their online presence to talking about you know ways that LuLaRoe sucks but then she like stopped posting she like in one of the posts she said LuLaRoe fail is gone forever I was disrespected at the very highest level and I just like I want to know so badly what the fuck happened in like the anti-LuLaRoe community (laughs) they were disrespected (laughs) by the top of the anti-LuLaRoe I guess so because it says I was disrespected at the very highest level and at that point I decided to remove myself from the equation because I will not tolerate blatant disrespect both of the visible LuLaRoe fail pages that are up have stolen the cover photo and profile pics from my original pages they have also posted the link to my Twitter which is now gone in their about section as well as my webpage link I guess that I don't know I, I guess she felt like she had, like, ownership over this, and then it became, like, its own, you know, it took on, like, a life of its own or whatever. There's a bunch of, like, subreddits and a bunch of, like, forums now dedicated to this. But, um, I don't know, there was some kind of rift in the LuLaRoe fail community, <laughs> I guess. And that's, I, like, I will be looking into that more tonight. I just discovered it before we started recording, and now I want to, like, know what happened. But, yeah, Sam Schultz, the other, the other thing that Sam Schultz does is he's a musician. <laughs> He's very talented. And, you know, we'll just let Sam Schultz and the culture crew play us out with Money Tree. (laughs) That's that.
times in our life We run into so many struggles We work ourselves right down to the bone But hold your head up, plant your feet Never let it get you down Sow your seeds, watch them grow When you put them in fertile ground 